Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with one rental at a time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag one rental at a time. Now on with the show. Good morning and good afternoon. Good evening, folks. Michael Zuber, one rental at a time. This is uh, your Saturday live stream. We typically go for about 60 minutes or so. Uh, I have a couple of topics that I came prepared to talk about for the first five to 10 minutes. I want to do that so you have an opportunity to leave a comment below, ask me a question, say hello, uh, whatever you would like to do. I'd love to hear from you. This is my opportunity to interact with you live. I am doing this from my computer, so you will see me look down because my camera is here and my computer is down there. So let's welcome the first few guests that have joined Ultimate Bargains. How you doing, buddy? Jeffrey, I hope you're feeling great. Catherine, good morning. How are you? And Nathan, good morning. How are you? Uh, again, folks, if you want to say hi, please do. Mandy, hey, good morning. How are you? The first question or the first topic I want to talk about is something that uh, I coined supply destruction. Uh, it has now been better named by Bank of America, uh, the interest rate trap. That's a sexy name, right? You can you can almost envision the sec, you know, the the picture of a of a trap, right? Essentially, what is happening is the real estate market is going to slow down. The real estate market is built on transactions, buys, sells, and when you have 86% of homeowners with mortgage rates below, what do they say? Below 4.75, they are not going anywhere. They are disincentivized to sell. It is cheaper and I would argue better financially to stay put. I did a survey of all my experts. Uh, I gave you my opinion, right? You can see my opinion in the uh, playlist called Whiteboard. It's a new series or a new playlist I look to add a lot of material to. So you have my thoughts. I went ahead and asked eight or nine millionaires, real estate millionaires, what they thought. I then did a wrap-up with the three amigos, giving you the averages and the deltas. What is clear, the majority of folks in the real estate industry, I include brokers, agents, investors, have no idea that more and more mom and dads are going to stay put. Transactions are going down, and they'll go down fast, and they'll go down big. I stand by my call of 25% this year and 50% peak to trough. Now, what does this mean? to prices? That's a trillion dollar question. And I've been thinking about it a lot. 
near as I can tell, we are going to have a bifurcated real estate market. And I would love your opinions on this. You know, uh, one of the things I do is I share my ideas. I'm still the only person that reads comments on this channel. Uh, so if you see a response, it's from me. Um, I suspect we are still going to have one part of the market that is white hot, like stupid hot, like, like, like last year hot. And that is what I'll call first time home buyers, affordable homes, whatever you want to call it below the median for wherever you live. I mean, if you, A, if you own some of that stuff already, let's just be an owner for a minute. Let's just say, for example, I own 10 of those houses in Fresno, California. I'm just making these numbers up. I own 10 of them. Or you own, shoot, you own one of them. First, your equity has gone up 50 grand. Let's pretend like you have one. Your equity is up 50 grand. You are richer at least on your balance sheet. You're feeling yourself a little bit. Let's be clear. You also were smart and you got a 30-year loan at 2.8%. Your payment's nothing because you bought before the run-up. No. In Fresno, I think they've seen like 40% appreciation in like 18 months. It's been bananas. So let's assume you bought this house for 250 that's now worth 375 feeling yourself a little bit. You might even go shopping for stuff. Probably shop for a new home, right? Do it again, right? Once is good, more is better. You like this new house. It's bigger. It smells better. It's in a better neighborhood. Then you go get pre-approved for a mortgage. And you realize that 2.8 mortgage is now 5.2, 5.6. Your payment's up almost 300%. I did the math for you in a video earlier in the week where your payment is up almost 300%. Rate and price. Very few. Very few mom and dads are making that trade. Mom and dad are going to stay in that first house with all that equity. Mom and dad are probably going to get a home equity line. Let's be clear. Most Americans are horrible money managers. So instead of buying that new house, they're going to go buy that new car. They're going to go buy a Tesla. They're going to go buy a Land Rover or whatever the car de jour is. Because why not? They're sitting on 100000 bucks of equity that they didn't earn, and they want to feed themselves. I deserve it. I can hear them already. I deserve it. I deserve it. I deserve it. Okay. I guess. Let's just add on debt. Not, not a great move. But, Yeah. I don't, I don't see how prices don't continue to move up in that part of the market. Then there is the target market of what the move-up buyer was, right? Newer stuff, a little bit bigger, extra bedrooms, maybe two stories, because that's what builders build these days. I think that market slows down. I think that market could see price reductions. I really do. Because you're going to have some sellers that need to sell, right? Baby boomers, people that move, whatever. And you're not going to have the buyers that replace them. Also, let's not forget, we all like to pretend like builders build um, 
all different quality and different types, at least in my market, most builders are building that move up home. It's not profitable to build cheap starter homes. So they build the nicer stuff. So if you have all the builders building the wrong inventory into a slowdown, what happens to the existing stock? It has to retrade at lower and lower and lower levels. Otherwise, you just go buy new, right? There will still be buyers. It's not like it's going to go to zero. But your trade-off between new and used is going to have to expand. So, yeah, I think the move-up market slows down and could see price drops. Then there's luxury. I don't know how I feel about luxury. Luxury is a market that traditionally has been cash or the buyers have the ability to do cash, but they may not because debt is so cheap. I don't know how I feel about luxury, but luxury is such a small piece of the market. I don't know that it matters that I don't know. So again, uh, supply destruction, real. Bank of America calls it the interest rate trap. Much better name, but the same thing. For housing prices, I don't think I have good news. Most of you watching this, you want to get into your first home. You want to buy an investment home. You want positive cash flow, one rental at a time stuff. Really competitive. That move up market, you know. The move up market might be really interesting for someone who bought like a decade ago. L let me play this out for you. Let's say you bought during the last crash. So you're up a ton. And now the move up market starts to slow down. Maybe what you do is you 1031 exchange. And again, I'm playing this out in real time. You sell one of your older homes that has a lot of equity. You don't want to pay taxes. So you sell the old home and you 1031 into a new home. Why not? You got all the equity. I don't know. That might be a good idea. Maybe something I need to look at. So yeah, that's what I think about. I think this housing slowdown is real transactions. I don't think I have a good idea on prices. Everybody wants, I mean, I get so many comments from people that are just up in arms. Michael, I agree. Transactions are going to fall, but that means housing has to fall. No, I don't think it does. I don't think it does. And that's why I think Bank of America's trap analogy or image imagery is good. It's not that you don't want to sell. It's just as you can't. It's not doesn't make financial sense. So, yeah. All right. Well, I ranted about that a little bit. Let's uh, say good morning to everyone um, who has joined. I want to give a call out to the loyal followers. I think we were we got to Mandy last time. So, Greg, good morning. Better Home Rental, good morning. Lumberjack, good morning. Romney, good morning. Nathan, good morning. Walden, good morning. JC, good morning. Anna, good morning. Thank you for all. Yeah, you're very welcome. Anna, thank you for being a part of it. Dan. All right, got a question. Trying to get a portfolio loan. Would you prefer a 5% loan, 520 adjustable after five years, or 7% fixed for 30? Monthly payments are about the same. Without question, 100% of the time, I am very risk averse. I, I have had debt come due, adjustable rate debt come due at the wrong time. I will only do 30-year loans. I will do seller finance deals on occasion that have balloons, but only seller finance deals because I will control the scenario elsewhere. I would personally only get 30-year money. 
I have no idea where this party's going. And if it goes down, I just refi. If it goes up, I'm protected. That's just me. I have to admit that most in, most investors probably disagree with me. Most investors probably look at your question and go, why the hell would you get seven? Go get five. I've been doing this a long time. I had to refi an apartment building one time when rates uh, were unfriendly. That was no fun. So maybe it's my own scars that forced me to answer it that way. But that's my, you asked me my opinion. That's what I would do. And again, freely admit that most people would disagree with me. Layla, good morning. John, good morning. Uh, Janiel, good morning. Yes, motivated sellers. Yes, they're coming. Keith, good morning. Ultimate bargains. We have 2.5% loan that we can pass on to our children. No incentive to sell. Exactly. The interest rate trap, supply destruction. The Federal Reserve created. Again, if the Federal Reserve takes rates low, which I agree they had no choice but to do or else all hell would have broken loose. But they're a year late. It is that extra year that allowed 86% of total loans to be below 4.5 or whatever Bank of America says. That extra year has destroyed the housing market. Transactions are going to fall, is going to hurt a lot of people. It's just, yeah, bad, 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 bad. Pam, good morning, Pam. Congratulations on your uh, two cards. I loved your book, your selfie. That, that keychain was really cool. If you follow me on Instagram, you will know what I'm talking about. If you don't follow me, it's just one rental at a time. Pam got a couple of these cards. And then had a keychain made uh, being part of the 500. So very cool. Nice work. Tamika, good morning. How are you? Persona, good morning. Ultimate Bargains. I know what my house is worth. I heard that so many times at listing appointments for unrealistic sellers. Yeah. Again, I mean, I, I love to use Dion's example because it's real life. What is happening across kitchen tables today or wherever they're doing it today? Couches. I want to sell my home. I think it's worth X. It's really worth X minus. But you're going to list it at X. A year ago, it probably sells at X plus. Today, it's going to sit and sit. And you're going to have a choice. You either take X minus or you take it off because nobody understands how special your house is. It's going to be very interesting to watch. And this is why housing crashes don't roll. They don't not, they're not the stock market. This will take weeks and months and months and months to happen. Ryan, good morning. Watching market daily in the county of, I think that's Maryland. Selling spring, summer 2023. Mm, okay. Price reductions almost all overpriced in first place. Literally nothing for sale within a couple of miles from me. Hmm. It's okay. It will change. I don't know that market. So, yeah, I don't know. Keith, keep stacking your dry powder. Reserves will grow in an 18 month bubble, will burst. Slam, bam. Thank you, wham you will be able to subject to all day long. Yeah, I think subject to, I'm still trying to reach out to uh, Pace Morby to get him scheduled. He's just so busy. Um, 
working with Ryan Nickel as well, who's already added content. It is, um, it's going to be very interesting. It's going to be very, very interesting. It never boring, right? Never boring. Ryan move up for me is moving with my remote job from Maryland to Florida. I like that same price, but I live at the beach and can have a retirement quality of life at 40 years old. Yeah. Awesome. That's why Florida is winning right now. Uh, Miami took over the most unaffordable market. But again, if you're, you move from California or New York or wherever to Florida, it still seems cheap. The locals hate you. Um, but yeah, it's, I get it. Makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. Thousands and thousands of people are making that very logical decision seemingly every every week. Good morning. Invest. Invest. Oh, Lynchburg. Good morning. Central Florida. Eddie, good morning. How are you? Gilbert, how morning? How are you? Leo, good morning. Bill, good morning. Rob. Rob in the house. How you doing, buddy? MC, what happens when first-time homebuyer demand dries up due to high inflationary, high inflation, wages not keeping up, interest rates at 5%? Well, that's exactly what's happening now. Um, it's kind of what's happening right now. I think there's going to be a couple of things. First and foremost, as I said earlier, uh, housing prices stay white hot in that part of the market. There's just no inventory. And at the end of the day, economics 101, supply and demand always wins. So yes, I have no problem believing and I track affordability in my market and affordability is dropping like a stone. Dropping like a stone. That is a problem. I've read several reports that in the last year, housing with higher rates and values for, the payment is 40% bigger. That is unaffordable for so many people. However, it's, it's like this, right? If you draw a circle, and I don't care how big the circle is, that is demand. As long as supply is smaller than that circle of demand, prices don't go down. If the circle is half the size of demand, Prices go up. And if the inner circle is 25% of demand, housing is off the charts. MC, that is what I'm not saying it's fair. I'm not saying it's, I'm not even saying it's a good thing, but we have a demand circle that is this big. And we have a supply circle that is smaller than demand. So prices go up for first time home buyers. Sorry, I don't know what to say. I mean, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's a good thing. I think people need to get on the property ladder. It sucks. What can I say? That Thus, people should look at house hacking, 4321, roommates, got to get on the ladder. Um, you could go to cheaper areas. Rents are going to keep going up. It's We have a very unfortunate supply-demand picture. There, I mean, it's, it's hard to believe, but there were times where the supply circle was bigger than the demand circle. And we could get there again. Let me be very clear. If, um, let's say, I mean, let's get really wacky and crazy. Um, God, how would supply be fixed? 
Oh, here's one. Let's say that there was a new way to create homes. Maybe it was a combination of 3D homes and kit homes or whatever. And you could essentially create cookie cutter homes, 1,200 square feet for 30 grand. I'm just making this stuff up. If there was a way to create a huge profit margin in cheap homes, every builder and their brother would start building those. That would increase supply. That would then make demand, that would exceed demand. That's not what's happening, right? Right now with delays and in inventory uh, of goods and, and skilled labor, it's, it's the exact opposite problem is happening. But um, as I said in the intro, this interest rate trap, the housing supply destruction caused by the Federal Reserve, it is going to have years. It might be 10 years before this thing unwinds. That doesn't make me feel good to say, but it is what I believe. So, yeah, that's what I think happens. Marco, good morning. How you doing? Southwest Florida. Woohoo. Would you recommend a cash out refi with your current interest rate of 3%, but I would access a hundred grand? No idea. I don't know if it's your owner occupied home or if it's a rental. I don't really like adding debt to your owner occupied home. Um, not sure what you do with the hundred grand. There's lots of other questions. I will tell you that I'm not a big debt on debt guy. Uh, and then you're going to dump the 3% loan. That doesn't sound like a good idea. Cause what are you going to, on a cash out refi, your 3% is going to go to what? Five and a half. That seems silly. Maybe it's an investment home. I don't know. Uh, not enough data to answer that. Uh, Mr. Adams. Sorry. Chad, good morning. How are you? Ultimate bargains rate and term refi is the easiest loan. Cash out is difficult. Look for flexible non-QM lenders. Yep. I agree. But uh, non-QM though, it can't be your primary or at least lots of them. It can't be your primary. If a recession takes the stock market down 50%, okay. How much do you think the national residential real estate prices will go down? Uh, I don't see the connection. Uh, again, go back to the dot-com era where the NASDAQ went down 80%, eight zero. Real estate took off. Uh, I think if the uh, stock market collapses, you will have some cities or metros hurt where I live specifically being one great example. The, the NASDAQ goes down 80% from where it is today. The Bay Area uh, sees problems, but that's not a national picture. National real estate is not the stock market. I think it's something like the top 10% own 90% of the stocks. Stock market going down 50%, most, most people wouldn't, wouldn't hurt them personally. Uh, it would probably scare them because they would see all the headlines. But no, I don't see a direct connection between the stock market and national housing prices. There will be local areas hurt, New York City being one, Silicon Valley being one, LA. High-priced areas probably be hurt because that's where a lot of the down payment comes from. Nationally speaking,
I don't see a direct correlation, at least historically speaking. But Vatsal, good morning. How are you? JC, Mike, have you uh, converted any of your properties to short-term rentals? No, I have not. I have not. I have looked at it. Olivia, my wife, and I have talked about it. Uh, but um, no, we haven't. I personally believe the short-term uh, rental game is a bubble. Uh, I am starting to see gurus talk about how easy it is. I am starting to see very interesting buying decisions, meaning overpriced in bad areas. I think there will be a lot of people hurt in the short-term game. Some of my experts, Anna Kelly, for example, she's big time. She's buying beachfront million-dollar homes. So it can work. Omar, my Tuesday guest, Adrian, my Wednesday guest, they're big. I'm not big. They have dozens of units. Uh, but again, they're waterfront, stuff like that. I have not. I'm a month-to-month -month guy. Been that way for 20 years. I don't chase bandwagons. I have no interest in providing furnishing. No, but I did look at it. I have a couple of homes in what's called the Tower District, great area. No, I just haven't. Sorry. I did have, um, I created some bonus content, I, I shouldn't say. I asked Alicia Merriman, a good friend of mine, who's huge in Airbnb, that's all she does, uh, to create some bonus content. We added that to the course because I know people are looking at it. Just, just not my thing. Vital signs. Good morning, Michael. Absolutely, the 40-year mortgage will be launched as the new industry standard. Same thing Japan did as well as auto dealers in the U.S. This keeps pricings propped up higher. Thanks. I think it will too. I do. The 40-year mortgage has already had some test runs. If you guys don't know this, one of the things that they did during the forbearance period is they started offering a 40-year mortgage to folks. It has been received pretty well. We have an affordability crisis. I just talked about affordability being up or down 40%, depending on how you want to talk about it. One of the ways around it is a 40-year mortgage. As Vital Sign says, it's coming. I think it may come as fast as this year, if not this year, because we got a lot going on. Maybe it's next year. I do believe it will be in its original form only, 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 for owner-occupants, and I would dare say probably only for first-time homebuyers, at least initially. <clears throat> Our current administration wants homeownership, wants first-time homebuyers, and I believe they will do everything they can. They have a lot on their plate right now, so maybe it's next year, but it is coming. And I'm not even saying it's a bad thing. I wouldn't be really up for a 40-year mortgage. I'm not the target audience. I'm 50 years old and I couldn't imagine having a mortgage at 90. Again, I'm not the target. The target's a 25-year-old or a 28-year-old whose life expectancy hopefully is over 100. So 40-year mortgage probably makes sense. It's coming. I do believe the current administration will become more and more unfriendly to investors, you and me. Uh, I believe they are demonizing investors. 
even though, you know, I have a playlist on this channel that I've done walkthroughs of my projects. There's not a single property I bought that an owner occupant could qualify for. But if you want to demonize me, then great. I'll let those properties fall into disrepair and become blights. But yeah, it's, I think we're going to see 40 years for owner ox, probably owner ox, first time home buyers pretty soon. Pretty soon, meaning this year or next. Invest Lynchburg. You mentioned getting a side hustle. I'm doing it with my new YouTube channel. Not quite sure how I'm going to monetize it yet, but I started it. Great. Yeah, it's um, never been easier to monetize your personal passion. I, what I would tell you about any side hustle, it has to be your passion. My YouTube channel, right? Daily financial news, talking real estate. I have been doing th this like the daily financial news, a news show that I've done for a thousand days in a row. I do that news show when I'm on vacation. I did that news show from Taiwan. Why? Because I've been doing it for 30 years. Everything I do for that show, other than having a page full of notes, I done anyway. It's just my daily routine. So the key to a good side hustle, in my opinion, is you would do it for free. And most of you, you probably have been doing it for free. If you're creating a side hustle just because you've seen Graham Stephan or Meet Kevin make a million dollars and you want to be them, not a good idea. It's hard work. It, take, it costs money. If you're doing it just for the money, not going to work. But if you have a side hustle that you're passionate about and you would do for free, it's an amazing thing. I thoroughly enjoy everything I do. All my experts... This live show that we do on Saturdays. Yeah, it's it's a lot of fun. So good luck. What is your opinion about the Las Vegas market? Um, I have a good friend, Brian Lebo, who I talk to every couple of months. I need, I need to get him back on the channel. Spencer Cornelia, another buddy on the channel, doing uh, room hacks out there. Um, I don't know. Seen some massive appreciation. It's a service-based economy, although it's it's it branching out. Don't know. I don't know what the average yield is. I don't know. I've never looked at it. It's been a good time. I mean, people were calling for Las Vegas to crash. It didn't. It defied expectations. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't have an opinion. I don't talk about markets that I don't know. Uh, but Brian Lebo... You can, I, I've talked to him a bunch. You could probably just, you probably can search Las Vegas on my channel and see Brian's thoughts in Lebo. He has a channel too. Brian, it's Brian with a Y, B-R-Y, uh, Brian, and then uh, Lebo, L-E-B-O. He's fun. I like him. If, uh, so Sarah, uh, I'm sorry, that last one was from Kim. I think I forgot it to say that. Sorry, Kim. Good, how you doing? Sarah. If I've 10 homes and unable to get any more conventional loans, what loan types do you recommend to get and from where to buy the next properties? How did you do 10 loans when you did 1031 into apartments? Uh, so a couple of things. Uh, first off, you're very, very, very lucky to be doing this today uh, because uh, you have the ability to get non-QM loans. 
Uh, I talk to Stephen Dow every Friday. He has a playlist on this channel. I talk to Convoy Home Loans every other Thursday on this channel. Non-QM lenders, easy as cake. A little bit more expensive, but still easy to get done. Uh, I 1031 into apartments, so I dropped a residential loan and got a commercial loan. Just a different loan product. Yep. Yeah, commercial loans are different. You can get as many as you want because you're underwriting the building, not the residential house. So first off, congrats on getting 10. Uh, and also congrats on doing it now because getting 11 and 12 are easy. You just need to go to a non-QM lender instead of a, instead of a bank. Hey, Mike, did you hear about the awesome new monthly universal basic income program to draw new residents to Palm Springs, California? No, I did not. Did not. Don't know if that's true. Wouldn't surprise me. California's nutty. I mean, I can't believe California is going to punish every, every employer who has more than 500 people and make them change the work week to 32 hours. Cost structure, inflation, destruction. Man, I don't know who keeps voting for these freaking socialists and communists in California, but damn, you're going to destroy this state. So, John, no, I didn't hear about that. If you want to send me a link, please do. But no, I didn't hear about that. Antonio, good morning, Mike. Just uh, just one. Where do you get all your news? Do you specifically a random news? I, I'm pretty random. I don't like going to the same sources because it. Um, I think that's where most people get wrong is when they have an echo chamber and they just keep reading the same stuff. I will tell you... Um, Three sites that I go to every day, CNBC, Bloomberg, and there's a real estate site called The Real Deal. Uh, but then I'm all over the place. Sometimes Yahoo Finance, sometimes USA Today, MSNBC, CNN, I am Fox News. I am all over the place. I like to read both sides because the answer is usually in the middle. Yeah, I am pretty agnostic. I will I will read anything. Um. It has to be about the consumer. It has to be about real estate or the economy. All these, um, oh, I don't know, outlandish things that are out there, I d d don't catch my attention. It's like, yeah, maybe there's some super secret society with puppet strings, but I'm not a part of it, so I don't read those things. Um, I generally think, I generally think the powers that be are out for themselves instead of everyone else. So as long as you assume that, you're not surprised, you know, that Nancy Pelosi is the greatest stock trader in front runs and she doesn't want to make it illegal. You know, so, yeah. As long as you expect them to behave that way, you're not disappointed when they do. Jimmy, uh, will production of new homes be hampered into the next few years? Wouldn't they ex exacerbate the inventory shortage? Absolutely. Something I had on my daily financial news, which I didn't talk about yesterday. New home builders across the country cannot get what's called an I-beam. An I-beam, again, I'm not a, I don't build homes, but I read the article. Essentially, this I-beam is a 
required piece of material to build a second story home. These I-beams are so backlogged now that you can't get one for four months. So guess what's not being built today across much of the country? Two-story homes. Yeah, the supply picture is not going to be good. It's just not going to be good. New homes, not good. Construction, not good. Interest rate trap, not good. Transactions down, not good. Prices, probably up. It's just a wacky environment. It's crazy. Crazy. Steven, what's up, everyone? Uh, what's up? Everyone is going to be stuck in mortgage interest rate trap. Ha. Huh. Yeah, I think that's a Bank of America. Give them full credit. Uh, I will take credit for supply destruction and note that I came out with it first, weeks in advance. So uh, Bank of America does have a better name, but I was first. So I just like being right. It's kind of fun when you see the dominoes fall and then others come along. Yeah, it's kind of fun. D. Adams, for, for more from above, I'm currently house hacking. Okay, got it. With five other roommates, got it. This is why I'm living for free. Okay, so I think that was the cash out refi question of 100 grand. Let me just check. Yeah, it was the 100K question. So um, I don't know. I guess the questions I would ask myself is after refi, am I still living for free? So let me just play this out. I don't know you, don't know your situation. Let's assume I'm 28, five roommates living for free. First off, congratulations. House hacking, awesome. You're a rock star. Congratulations. Cheat code to wealth, full fact. Now I can go to the bank, get 100 grand. Feeling myself a little bit. First question I ask is, can I still live for free? Because you're going to take on more debt and the debt's going to be a higher rate. Let's assume you, you, you're not quite living for free, but you're paying 300 bucks a month. I don't know what's going on. I'm just making stuff up. I'm living 300 bucks a month now in a nice house with four, five, four or five roommates, but I got a hundred grand in the bank. I guess the question I would ask myself is, can I invest that hundred grand and make more than 300 bucks a month? That's what I would ask myself. And I'm not talking a little bit more than 300 grand. I guess I would ask myself, can I invest this hundred grand and make two or three grand? If I can 10x the cost, which again, in my example, the 300 bucks is a cost because you have to pay that to live there given the debt structure, I probably do it. If I don't, like if if I can't or if I want to blow the 100 grand on a new whip and you know a fancy vacation, not for me. Yeah, so so I guess I give you maybe. Really, it boils down to what are you going to do with the 100 grand? How confident are you that you could 10x the cost? That's what I'm thinking, uh, Mr. Adams. Roldan, how are you? Love the rands where you answer what's on our minds before we even ask. Thank you. Like it. FYI, I'm not worried about the interest rate trap because I'm financially literate. I can leverage low rates. Smart man. About 10 years ago, Habitat for Humanity was offering 55-year 0% interest purchase loans. Wow. 10 years ago, that had been 2012. Wow. I did not know that. Jeff, I represented a buyer on a purchase in 2006, and they ended up with a 40-year mortgage. 
They were not a first-time home buyer. Cool. Awesome. 2006 is a lifetime ago, but I wonder if the, I wonder if they still have the home. A lot of people who bought in 06 lost the home, so I wonder if they still have it. Stephen Dow in the house. By the way, somebody asked earlier about 10 houses. How do you get 11 and 12? Stephen Dow in the house. Ask him. He can help you. Non-QM lender. Uh, Pen Dude. Hi, Michael. I'm from Canada. Hi, Canada. How are you? And been subscribed to your channel as I learn a lot of things from your contents. Cool. I like your book as well. Thank you. My question is, do you think Canada will follow U.S. real estate? I am a little nervous about Canada. I actually did a video, a daily financial news talking about Canada and New Zealand because I believe both countries, I'm nervous for both countries. So first off, no, I do not believe Canada will follow the U.S. Better or worse, like it or not, the U.S. housing market has 98% fixed rate 30-year money. 30-year money, like Jason Hartman always says, is an asset. Jason Hartman has been talking about the 30-year mortgage as an asset for a decade. He is so right. And then you add on top of that a 30-year mortgage at sub 3%. That is an asset that almost nobody should let go. Unfortunately, my understanding of the Canadian housing market is most loans are five years. I have heard of 10-year fixed, but most are five. I believe in a rising rate environment that will likely cause a recession, you are about to have huge and nasty payment shocks in Canada. Just do the math. You have a $387,000 mortgage. It's 1.7% today. You've had five years of pay down. So instead of 387, it's, I don't know, 362. But instead of 1.7, it's now 4.7. Jesus, that payment's going to skyrocket. I believe Canada is in for some pain. I do not believe, I believe Canada is in for pain and the U.S. isn't. That 30-year mortgage is going to cause supply destruction in the U.S. The five-year mortgage in Canada probably creates a supply tsunami. What happens in Canada or New Zealand or any market that has five-year money? As those loans reset, some people can afford it. They'll just refi. Many, I mean, Many, 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 many will be forced to sell. The first people that are forced to sell will buy, probably be okay. But as the wave builds and builds and builds, not good. So, again, remember, I own zero Canadian real estate. I could be entirely wrong about the mortgage picture. The Canadian banking system could fix this overnight by rolling loans. But again, given what I know today, I do not have a rosy picture. Sorry. But it is my, it's my uneducated opinion on a market that maybe I shouldn't talk about. But it's the debt structure. Again, people, there's a housing market, but there's a lending market. The lending market drives the bus. 
Not many people believe understand that lending drives the bus. Yeah. FYI, socialists are always demonizing capitalists. Yeah, cap because socialists are financially illiterate. Um okay. Socialists never accept responsibility for their failed policies. Yeah, they just keep new policies. Yeah. A communist is a well-armed socialist. Oh, that's funny. Yep. My puppy's sleeping away. What is Dion's Airbnb eviction story? Stay tuned for tomorrow. Dion and I are talking tomorrow. Uh, I That will be a topic for one of our videos. Yes. What is uh, happening to rent in your market this year? Up, up, up. California adopted rent control, another thing that King Newsom did, because again, he has emergency powers, so he is not our governor, he is our king. I can't believe he just can declare emergency powers and be a king like that, but yeah, King King Newsom. Um, rents are up, but we have rent control, so they're, they're capped, but still up. It's 5% plus inflation, capped at 10%, so 10%. People want free stuff. Hey, I'll you know I'll take some free stuff too. Thoughts on PMI Buster loans? Mm. Conventional with ten point one percent down, and how it will impact the market. Angel, um, not heard of those. Doesn't surprise me. One thing I've said over and over and over again is the mortgage market's in trouble. And when they get in trouble, they'll create new products. So it would not shock me if they came out with a PMI buster loan at 10.1% down. Frankly, never heard of it, but it's genius. I love it. It's a great marketing hook. Genius. Um, I don't know that it hurts the market. I don't know what rate rate it's at. Probably a little higher rate. Uh, 10% down is real skin in the game. Zero down, negative 3% down was very common in the last crisis. 10% down is real money. You're not going to walk away from that very easily. So I think they're okay. I mean, I don't know. Again, admit it. I don't know anything about them. So uh, there is that caveat. But I think it's genius marketing. I think it's genius, frankly. Uh, ha, ha, ha. Yep. Uh, let's see. They aren't voting for them. The system selects these people. They are cheaters. I don't think that's fair. I think they win the election. I don't I don't think they're cheating. I think there's a lot of people in California that vote for them. It's probably like 64% or something. I don't think that's fair. I think it's bad. I think it's unfortunate. But I don't think they're cheating. I think they have... I think they've convinced 60% of the population. I think they have convinced 60% of California that they can take care of things. And they're not, clearly. But I think they believe that. I think they've demonized capitalism. And uh, it's a great story. I think they run great marketing campaigns. I do not think they're cheating. If cheating means stuffing the ballots or whatever, I don't think that's happening. I think they're just better marketing. It's all marketing. No expectations, no disappointments. Totally agree. 
Ron Paul has integrity, not too many of them. Uh, what's the affordability index threshold for a market to watch for that you use for selling single family homes to Pentonio? So again, go you're lucky. You appear to be in Santa Clara, which is in California. Go to car.org, California Association of Realtors, car.org. They publish the affordability index every quarter now. They used to publish it every month. Go back and look at what Santa Clara was in 2006, 7, and 8. In my market of Fresno, California, I think I've done this video several times. I think it got as low as 24 or 22 or something like that. Today, it's 40 in my market of Fresno. Just because Fresno's 40 and Santa Clara is 22 doesn't mean that Santa Clara is a problem. You need to go back and look at Santa Clara in 2008. You need to do like-for-like like comparisons. Comparing Santa Clara County, where I live, with Fresno, where I invest, is it's irrelevant. It's, it's apples and wheelbarrows. It's not even in the same category. Go look at go look at Santa Clara County. Shoot, California Association of Realtors. I think it goes back forty years. Go back and look at Santa Clara County for forty years. It might even be fifty years. It's very powerful. Yep. Uh, I beams are also used for ranch homes. Yeah, I'm not a construction guy. Don't know. I just remember reading I beams are backlogged for four months and builders are pulling out and building two stories. Crazy craziness. Ah, you're right. So much remind me of the Donald. That's funny. That's funny. Is it now the time to avoid investing in new construction in the South? No idea, Jerry. I have no experience in the South. I have no experience with new construction, no experience with your rent. Here's the deal, which I tell everybody what is an average deal? So in your case, Jerry, what is the average return or cash on cash or return on capital, the rock for new construction in Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee? I don't know what it is. No idea. Let's assume it's 6%. Okay. If 6% is average, Jerry, I only want you doing great deals. So again, making this stuff up as I go, if 6% is average, I only want you doing eights and tens, eights, nines, and tens. And if you don't know what any of that stuff is, buy the course, do the work. Yeah, I don't I don't tell anybody what to do. I tell you to do the work. I tell you to have a buy box. I tell you to figure out average and then only write great offers. Some people that I teach invest in San Diego, California. San Diego, California, even in the affordable homes, produces a 1% or 2% average. If you're in a market where 1% is average and you find a 4 do that deal. I'm not going to just, I'm not going to argue with you. If you want to be in San Diego because that's where you live or you have family, go nuts. Who cares? But I'm challenging you to do the work and find average. That's what I teach and talk about. Does your local building department have a zoning map? Also, do they have specific definitions of what each zone means? No idea. Never looked. I have to assume they do. I have to assume they do, but I've never looked. Mike, you are a smart dude. Thanks for all you do. Um, I appreciate that. I'm trying to be a little smarter every day. When you do that for 30 some odd years, you really can have something. But 
I still have lots of work to do, lots of lessons to learn, and we will be doing it together. Jeff, still. I don't know what that means. That was probably, yeah, I don't know. Oh, oops, here. There he is, Jeff. Oh, he still has the home. That's cool. He has a 40-year mortgage, still has the home. That's good. Awesome. Thank you for letting me know. I didn't know. FYI, Set for Life by Scott Trench is about house hacking to begin your journey of financial freedom. Ooh, I need to look that up. What is that? Set for Life? Set for Life. Nice. Scott Trench. Let me write that down too. Scott Trench. Thanks, uh, Jeffrey. Oh, they still have the home, but not oh, not the mortgage, so they refine. Okay. Or maybe they paid it off. I don't know. Morning, Dustin. How are you? How much, how many months of rent do you keep for reserves for each property? I don't think about it that way, uh, Mr. Adams. I want to have an amount. It's not based on rent. It's based on age of the house, condition, projects coming, things of that nature. Uh, I will answer it this way. Norris Drive, which was an older home that I fully remodeled. I, I had five grand tucked away. Keep in mind the house cost a hundred grand, so it would scale based on housing costs. <coughs> Out of 17 offers on a current listing, they are were two cash, but received four non-QM lender letters. Stated income pre-call is on the rise. Northeast Fresno. Congratulations. Is there a certain number you look for when consider selling one of your places, double your property? No, not at all. Uh, auntie, I am not looking to sell. I'm a buy and hold. My rentals pay for my life. I am not selling the golden goose. <coughs> I will only sell if somebody drastically wants to overpay or I have a better place, better use of my capital. I do what I do because I have rental properties. I'm not about selling them. If I had to do that, I'd get a job and that would suck. <clears throat> so I'll take one more question. Then I'm going to shut down and go to my students in our private group. Um, JT, can you narrow in on one specific market? I think you do a great show analyzing the crazy market here in NorCal. Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking. I mean, I talk about Fresno all the time, the Bay Area where I live. I only can talk about markets I know. Otherwise, it's very general. Do you follow the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index? If so, what's your opinion on it with its levels that's been reading? Yeah, it's one of the many things I look at. Uh, it's published monthly. It's trending down. The consumer is scared. I, I talk about the consumer as an economist. And when I got my degree, <coughs> all economists have to focus on one thing, and they're thousands of things that make the economy go. I study the consumer, I always study the consumer. And sentiment is interesting. It's a leading indicator. Uh, it's not perfectly accurate because people feel one way and they act another way a lot. Uh, the sentiment is not great. It's positive trending down. I think it's lowest in 20 years or 15 years or something. It's not good. It's one of the many things that make me think trouble ahead, trouble ahead, trouble ahead. Yeah, trouble ahead. So. All right, everybody. Thank you very much. Sorry, I didn't get to everyone, uh, but we are going to go. I need to shut this down and get going to my students. Uh, I do offer a course called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. Uh, as part of the, I guess, fee or cost, you also can get added to a Facebook group, much smaller group, usually 
30 or 40 people on and uh, we go for another half hour. So take care of yourself. Have fun. Give me a thumbs up, like, subscribe, ask questions, keep doing the work, get a buy box, daily discipline, all that stuff. Bye-bye.